Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Alicia Health second quarter 2021 earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand a conference over to your speaker today. Nicholas Bergamini, Head of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Danny. Uh, joining me on the call today are Alethea Health CEO Jeffrey Benick and CFO Matt Sale. This morning, Alethea Health filed on CEDAR its financial statements and associated management discussion and analysis for the three and six months ended June 30th, 2021. All comments to be made on this call today should be taken with reference to and are qualified in their entirety by those documents. Today's call includes estimates and other forward-looking information from which our actual results could differ. Please review the cautionary language in today's press release regarding various factors, assumptions, and risks that could cause our actual results to differ. Furthermore, during this call, we will refer to certain non-IFRS financial measures, including adjusted EBITDA and adjusted gross margin. These measures do not have any standardized meaning under IFRS, and our approach to calculating these measures may differ from that of other issuers. And so these measures may not be directly comparable. Please see this quarter's MDNA for more information about these measures. I will now pass the call over to our CEO, Jeffrey Benick. Thank you, Nick. It's great speaking with my fellow shareholders today. We are very much appreciate you joining us. This quarter reinforces the discipline and growth-oriented approach we've taken over the last year. As we've said repeatedly on previous earning calls, our focus over the last 12 months has been on scaling our production and bringing a strong portfolio of cannabis products to the medical, adult use, and international markets. And we believe these results demonstrate strong consumer and patient demand for our growing product and brand portfolio, starting with a 53% sequential increase in cannabis net revenue. More importantly, we've realized a major shift in our sales mix. That has the benefit of providing us with more balanced, sustainable, and ultimately more valuable sources of revenue. In fiscal year 2020, the majority of our revenue was from bulk wholesale. That revenue mix has changed significantly this fiscal year with our four core pillars, medical, international, adult use, and wholesale contributing approximately evenly to our revenue base. This result is better diversification of revenue, less seasonality, and allows us to react to market opportunities and achieve the highest possible net realizable margin. Q2 2021, SAUCE report record adult use net revenue, increasing 87% sequentially and 270% over last year's quarter. This growth 
was achieved despite macro industry challenges of significant retail store shutdowns and major delistings of product SKUs occurring in Canada's largest provincial market. We agree with the assessment that COVID-19 related lockdowns have negatively impacted adult use in store sales, particularly in Ontario. This growth trajectory also occurred in medical as we realized record medical cannabis net revenue with 23% and 67% sequential and year-over-year increase respectively. This was driven by meaningful growth in both domestic and international medical sales. The gross margins and patient stickiness evident in medical, along with the absolute size and rapid growth rate of adult use make these channels both attractive. Bulk wholesale also increased 66% quarter over quarter as we continue to be opportunistic in utilizing this channel for sale of low-cost cannabis. Together, this paints the picture of a substantially improved sales mix, evenly distributed across three sales channels. The COVID-19-related headwinds have, along with greater competition, directly contributed to industry-wide price and margin compression. We are regularly seeing major Canadian LPs report lower and even negative gross margins on cannabis revenue. Matt will spend more time on this topic, but I think it's worth highlighting that we have, again, delivered what is, to our knowledge, among the strongest gross margin for Canadian LPs at 41% or 49% adjusted gross margin when subtracting non-cash depreciation expenses. Given that our sales growth has been driven by new product launches, it's a testament to our operations team that we've been able to protect margins even as we rapidly scale production and react nimbly to new opportunities. While we will always continue to innovate and do have some additional launches in the back half of 2021, Q2 saw a continued significant expansion in our product portfolio and brand roadmap. 13 net new SKUs were launched in multiple provincial markets during the quarter, and in most cases, also to the medical patients. Specifically, the launch of our brand Divi and our first larger format dried flower and pre-roll SKUs were our biggest revenue catalysts during the quarter. Along with vapes, these are the largest product categories in Canada, and we view it as essential to have a strong presence in them. Our goal with Divi is to build an iconic cannabis brand for high-volume, regular cannabis users not willing to sacrifice on quality. Due to this successful launch, demand outpaced our projections, which did result in some supply challenges during the quarter. As we've realigned production and prioritized the cultivation of certain cultivars, we will be able to significantly increase supply for the most in-demand SKUs. Moving to the medical channel, there were a few key items that drove growth in Q2. First, our dried flour was exported to the German medical cannabis market, which was a long-awaited breakthrough for us. At the same time, we completed our largest shipments to Australia to date and have additional purchase orders for 2021. Scheduled same-day delivery, virtual consultations, and our growing suite of medical cannabis products provide a unique ecosystem for Canadian patients. It's a completely differentiated value proposition for patients that does not exist 
elsewhere in the Canadian cannabis industry. Domestically, we began registering our first patients, unionized employees of the Ford Motor Company. Through our exclusive agreement with Unifor, Canada's largest private sector union, the thesis underpinning this relationship is that out-of-pocket costs remains the largest barrier for many potential cannabis patients. Through collective bargaining with some of Canada's largest employers, Unifor is advocating for medical cannabis coverage in insurance plans. Since then, we've had two new employers together representing roughly an additional 2,000 members plus eligible family members sign up to part to be part of the Unifor program. We expect these new programs to take effect in September and we will seek to grow penetration rates in Unifor's much broader 315,000 member base. Lastly, I'll touch on our outdoor cultivation facility in Port Perry. When we completed our harvest last year, we communicated a series of improvements we would make in 2021 to build upon our 32,000 kilogram yield. Most importantly, that meant hitting the ground running with planting completed in June, over a month earlier than in 2020. The importance of this can't be overstated in a five-month growing season. I'm at the Port Perry facility regularly and very excited to commence the harvest in October. Matt, over to you. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be speaking with our shareholders today. Since joining Alethea two months ago, I've had the opportunity to actively participate in an exciting period for the company. The scale of our production assets, our diverse product portfolio, and unique medical ecosystem model have situated us well for continued growth. As Jeff alluded to, this quarter was characterized by a more balanced sales mix that is a result of several months of focused product and brand development. We view this as the company maturing from a bulk wholesaler to a wellness-oriented CPG company. I'll first unpack some key revenue metrics. Beginning with adult use, the Ontario Cannabis Store ranked Divi, the third most searched brand online, ahead of many of the most well-established brands, driving a 545% sequential increase in dried flower sales and a 311% increase in pre-rolls. Rounding out growth in adult use was our newly launched Omega CBD soft gels, contributing to a 171% increase in capsule sales over the previous quarter. This really speaks to what we view as a still untapped market for over-the-counter wellness products. Adult use revenue per gram increased slightly to $5.29 from $4.89 in Q1. This was due to continued strength in the sale of some of our higher-priced derivative formats, including kinslips and oils, and partially offset by growing sales of the value-positioned Divi pre-rolls. Adjusted gross margin for adult use remains strong at 47%, a sequential decline from 56% in the previous quarter, also attributed to increased sales of pre-rolls. Notably, we only commenced sales of higher margin, larger format, 14 gram pouches late in the quarter, and it certainly will be a key objective for us to continue growing sales in that important product subcategory. Revenue growth in medical was fairly evenly spread between all product categories and was more driven by increased average order size and increased units per order. Our medical ecosystem is completely unique in the Canadian cannabis industry, providing a defensible moat 
around our business. Our goal in medical is to make the ecosystem from e-commerce to medical consultation to delivery and products the one-stop shop for patients. We had some success in that regard, with average revenue per patient increasing in a quarter. Adjusted gross margin on medical cannabis revenue was 41%, reflecting a lower net revenue per gram equivalent sold due to a uh, higher volume sales strategy. As previously discussed, we have moved to a virtual-only model for a medical, chemical, medical clinic business, which is something that is more cost-effective and better for our patients. We continue to manage a national network of physical clinics. The transition has been positive, with clinic revenue increasing 40% over the prior year's quarter. In connection with the sale of certain clinic assets, we realized a gain of $12.1 million in a quarter. Adjusted EBITDA loss was $3.3 million compared to $3 million in the previous quarter. SGNA increased only modestly over the previous quarter, despite a significantly higher uh, growth in revenue. During the quarter, we established an at-the-market equity program that provides us with additional financial flexibility. The elimination of $25 million in debt earlier this year was also an important development that positions us well and enhances our access to capital. At quarter-end, cash, cash equivalents, and marketable securities was $17 million, providing us with financial capacity to continue to execute on our core growth initiatives. Given the success of our brand launches, the demonstrated demand for our medical and adult use products, we believe we are well positioned for continued growth across our four sales channels, medical, adult use, bulk wholesale, and international. Operator, over to you. Thank you. At this time, I would like to remind everyone, if you would like to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Rahul Sarugaster of Raymond James. You may ask your question. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks so much for taking my question. Um, Good morning, Rahul. So I'd like, morning. So I'd like to start uh, with, I guess maybe I'll, I'll start by saying congratulations on, on the uh, strong margin profile that indeed is, uh, you know, a leadership in the industry. So uh, well done there. So I'd like to start on the on the medical cannabis and specifically the Interfor um, contract. Jeff, you mentioned two new members uh, with 2,000 patients. Uh, are you uh, able to elaborate there in terms of you know who these members are? Any more details around the 2,000 patients? Um, and also, you had previously talked about in the last earnings call that Q3 was when we could expect that uh, Interfor, the Interfor contracts start uh, yielding revenue as on as you onboard patients. Could you also give us? A sense of how that timeline is going, as well as you know when you expect these additional 2,000 patients to start hitting the uh, the income line. Yeah, Raul, thank you, and thank you for joining us today, Raul. Uh, always respect your comments and questions. Uh, so, just want to start off by saying uh, the two new uh, uh, the two new collective bargaining agreements that have been bargained in with cannabis uh, is Martin Brower, which is supply chain for McDonald's Canada and Holland S&P, which is a uh, farm equipment manufacturer. Uh, so these two uh, have been successfully bargained. And I could tell you, uh, the one thing about uh, Unifor is that 
they literally have hundreds and hundreds of uh, collective bargaining agreements that are either going to be negotiated, are being negotiated, uh, or uh, are, are in the process of being negotiated. Uh, so uh, we continually are uh, onboarding and working with all these uh, uh, collective bargaining agreement companies that have successfully included cannabis. And I can tell you, uh, Jerry Diaz is a big advocate of medical cannabis. He believes in, in uh, the benefits of it, and he's going to continue bargaining, in, uh, and, and, uh, and we continue working with their senior leadership team at Unifor, including all their bargaining agents, uh, in educating them uh, in the net benefit of medical cannabis. So, and and uh, so uh, we're excited about that. So uh, really blue skies ahead. So uh, I want to also talk about Q3. As everyone knows, our first uh, our first big employer uh, was in the auto sector. Uh, auto sector, and uh, unfortunately, the auto sector went through a period of time when uh, their supply chain was disrupted uh, with uh, with chips uh, uh, of all things. So uh, a lot of these cars these days uh, require a lot of chips to uh, to run them, and as a result of that, uh, the supply chain shut down production. Uh, production recently has started back up. The supply chains are back in, in, in motion. And what's important about that, Raul, is that it gives us the opportunity to really get in front of all these members. Uh, so we get in front of them with pop-up clinics. Uh, we get in front of them uh, um, uh, in various other ways. Uh, and I got to tell you, they're embracing and, and really starting to leverage uh, the net benefit of cannabis through a great education program with our chief medical director, uh, Dr. Michael Verbora, um, also with the help of uh, Tricia Sims, our chief commercial officer and her team. We're aggressively, we think that uh, it's a huge differentiator for us, especially with their medical ecosystem uh, that we're gonna continue to hit on that. Thank you, Raul. Perfect, uh, thanks for that update, Jeff. And so just now we're turning to the cost side. We've seen a bit of an escalation in, in some of the all costs. Um, maybe you can give us a little bit of uh, color on on that, and, and how should we be thinking about that? Uh, how, how should we be thinking about that going forward? Hey, Rule, it's Matt here. Thanks for the question. What we saw in SGNA in, in Q2 was a modest um, uptick. Uptick. Um, when we look at the way we think about it, um, relative to our revenue growth, which grew um, at a much higher rate, so we're comfortable directionally that we're starting to extract some operating leverage out of the business. In terms of where those costs increased in Q2, they were targeted, I'd say, in, in two areas. One, in our grow operations to fulfill higher production volumes, and two, uh, in our sales and marketing group to facilitate the extensive amount of SKU listings and, and new product launches in the quarter. Um, going forward, as you know, we don't provide uh, specific guidance. I'd say we're, we're comfortable with the level of SGNA in, in Q2, and, and think that that's a, a good um, uh, base rate for you to think about in the coming quarters. Perfect. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you taking my questions. I'll get back in the queue. Your next question comes from the line of Pablo Zuenik of Cantor Fitzgerald. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Good morning. Um, can you comment um, in terms of the medical market in Canada, uh, outside of these agreements with the labor unions, what has to happen from a regular, regulatory perspective for the medical market to start ramping up in Canada? Thanks. 
Thank you, Pablo, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, always appreciate your questions. Uh, <clears throat> so we think that uh, there's a uh, Health Can review uh, uh, when Health Can legalized cannabis uh, uh, in in 2018 under the uh, Legalization Act of Cannabis. Uh, there's a formal review happening, uh, and it was a, a three review. Uh, we expect something to be issued somewhere around October. And what we think is going to happen is that uh, uh, medical cannabis and or cannabis derived CBD products and formats that everyone's going to is already used to will go over the counter, and we think that that'll be a tremendous catalyst uh, for the industry, specifically. Uh, for Alethea, because we're positioned really well with our noon and night brands, which is our, our lead uh, uh, market-leading cannabis health and wellness brand. We have a whole bunch of formats in there that uh, everyone's already used to uh, uh, in terms of topicals and, and uh, uh, sprays, et cetera, et cetera, that will be accessible over the counter. And we think accessibility uh, is the key to driving uh, uh, health and wellness and medical cannabis in Canada. That's great, thank you. And then just, uh, I guess, it's a bit of a modeling question, but when we think about the outdoor crop, right, come October, you have more land planted, you have higher yields, help uh, potentially, help us quantify that, and, you know, how much of that is already sold, or, or is it going to be an issue that it just builds up a lot of inventory? Thank you. P Pablo, thanks for the question. It's, it's Matt here, and uh, nice to be speaking with you today. Uh, on the outdoor grow um, I guess two metrics I'd, I'd point you towards. One was we have um, planted those plants earlier in the growing season. And so at, on a yield per plant basis, we directionally feel it, it, it's well positioned to meet um, uh, last year and, and perhaps succeed. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of variability that goes into growing, but that would be the first point. The second one um, is... Um, the quantum or the number of acres planted. And so uh, with our increased acreage, we've uh, more than doubled the acreage assigned to our outdoor grow this year. Um, and then the second part of your question in terms of how much we've, we've sold, um, we have uh, sizable purchase orders with um, some uh, partners which represent a, a good portion of that wholesale. We continue to look at uh, maximizing margin such that we think about uh, servicing all of our sales channels, so medical, adult use, international, and wholesale, and looking for the highest margin opportunity. Um, and so last year, we were able to sell at a 100% of our outdoor growth season. That didn't, uh, I guess the last comment I'd make is in terms of time frame. Um, much of that, we believe, will be, will be ultimately sold in Q4, but some of that we would anticipate uh, to, to go into the Q1, Q2 period of 2022. Thank you. Thank you. And we have no further questions at this time. Presenters, you may continue with your closing remarks. Uh, so uh, I just want to conclude, uh, uh, you know, with a, a, a quarter where uh, you've really seen a, uh, a pivot in our business in terms of uh, uh, of a much better mix of business getting away uh, solely from the B2B and focusing on uh, medical, uh, domestic, medical international, which is one that we're really excited about that we think is going to be a game changer for us come Q3 and Q4 as a huge differentiator in the marketplace. Uh, for the first time in a long time, 
we're actually going to have first mover advantage. And, and uh, when you have first mover advantage, uh, it's a tremendous opportunity uh, for us. So we are really looking forward to that. Our Divi brands continue to be uh, uh, selling very well in the, uh, um, in the uh, rec recreational markets. Number one, sorry, number three search product in, in the OCS. And uh, ultimately, we really feel we're heading in the right direction. We thank all our shareholders uh, for all their support, and uh, we really look forward to Q3 and especially Q4. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we look forward for some really blue skies. Thank you. Conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.